Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Hellbender Books Show. Hellbender Books is the horror, high fantasy, and science fiction imprint of Sunbury Press. Sunbury Press is the publisher of books in many categories under nine different imprints sold worldwide wherever books are sold. Today, we're going to talk about the Vengeful Prince Saga. Brian Kaczynski and Chris Pisano skulk the realms of South Central Pennsylvania. Brian developed a love of writing from countless hours of reading comic books and losing himself in the worlds and adventures found within their colorful pages. In the 10th grade, Chris was discouraged by his English teacher from reading H.P. Lovecraft. And being a naturally disobedient youth, he has been a fan ever since. They have logged many hours writing novels, stories, articles, comic books, reviews, and on occasion, a body haiku, whatever that is. During their tenure as a writing duo, they have even started their own micro-press publishing company, Fortress Publishing Incorporated. We are fortunate to have one of the duo here today. I don't know if we can handle both of them based on their biographies. So we have Brian Kaczynski, the author of The Vengeful Prince Saga. There's three in the trilogy now, The Devil's Grasp, The Devil's Influence, and The Devil's Judgment. Sounds like a lot of devilishness, Brian. How are you today? Wonderful, Lawrence. How are you? <laughs> very good. Very good. I notice your influence from from comic books, but uh, I think with this this dark high fantasy, did, did that interest come out of comic books, or did that come out of some other interest of yours in the past? Um, I think it came out from both uh, comic books, movies, television show, being uh, a lazy youth sitting on the couch with a remote control in his hand uh, gave me some time to uh, really get a lot of different influences um, across the spectrum. Uh, So I think it was a little bit of a a mix of everything. Uh, When Chris and I uh, started to talk about this novel, we, we wanted to do a high fantasy, but we didn't want to just do another Lord of the Rings kind of thing. Um, so we really wanted to mix in some horror elements. We really liked the concept of um, knocking off some few main characters just to let the reader know that no one is safe, and hopefully that will keep their interest and keep the tension high. Yeah, and, and being your editor uh, on these, I think on at least two of them, maybe all three, my memories are there. <laughs> we publish a lot of books. You know, I, I was drawn in immediately because I'm an old Dungeons and Dragons player. And, uh, you know, so when it comes to Tolkien's world and, and many of these other high fantasy worlds, you know, they're evident in Dungeons and Dragons, the role playing game. And I'm talking about the old board game with the dice and the miniatures. And oh, absolutely. Yep, you got you the, the character sheets and. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So when I, <laughs> you know, when I'm looking at your trilogy and I'm thinking about your characters and and so on and the the situations, it, it's not like your typical uh, lawful good paladin goes off to kill a dragon. This is uh, there's some pretty <laughs> dark stuff here and in, and it's edgy. So maybe maybe you could talk about that some of the the characters, their personalities, and give us a taste of it. Uh sure. Um, 
in the first book, uh, The Devil's Grasp, it, as you mentioned, it is a high fantasy, so expect some wizards and dragons and magic and, and evil and demons. Uh, different groups of people are trying to get uh, five different uh, gemstones because when they're combined, it gives the user the ability to control the demons of hell. Uh, so right off the bat, um, the premise is a little darker tone than uh, most adventure uh, stories. Um, so we have, you know, a, a couple different uh, groups of people. We have a group of thieves. Um, they're the, the charming characters of the book. Um, kind of stumbled into this uh, quest by accident. Uh, we have, of course, a, a king and his army, and then there's a special elite uh, group of soldiers that he has, led by a general and a sergeant. And um, one of the more unique characters that we have in the book that uh, seems to be the fan favorite is uh, Dearborn. She is um, kind of the traditional warrior woman uh, style character where she's well over six and a half feet tall. But uh, Chris and I really try to keep her as a real person. So even though she is tall and muscular, she's certainly not um, voluptuous and wearing metal bikinis. She's definitely a, a soldier. She's also a woman, and we also wanted to uh, touch upon some of the the the, the typical um, problems, like especially of a modern-day woman, where we really focus on career versus family, where she is a dedicated soldier to the king's army. Uh, she feels like she has to give up the the chance to ever become a wife or a mother. Uh, so we, we wanted to explore that throughout the adventure. And then, of course, there's a group of, uh, we call them trolls, but we have um, an ogre, a hobgoblin, an orc, and an ambiguously gay satyr. So these four some are the comic relief. Uh, we realized <laughs> that with the with uh, the topics that we were dealing with, um, the book would have just been way too uh, heavy and dour and and just not a fun read, uh, even though there was some adventure and fighting and demons. We, we needed a, a comedic element, um, just enough to add a little bit of levity to it and, and lighten the mood and, and let people know that not everything is uh, going to end in the, the death of a son and the whole planet dies. <laughs> right. Now, you do make a good point. It, while it is dark fantasy, and I guess the dark side of it is more of the environment, is the setting, is the premise. I mean, what would you do with five gems if you could control all the demons? <laughs> that would be pretty crazy. Yeah, that's, so. uh, it's a very, very um, specific purpose <laughs> for, for <laughs> wanting to control demons. So you, you really have to be a power mad despot to, to want to control all the demons of hell. Yeah, I have some ideas, but uh, I don't think I'd ever be able to assemble all five of the gems. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So it's the yeah, I agree. There's like a comedic side to it, so it is a bit light at times. Although that it that doesn't undermine its credibility as a a saga, uh, you know, a story that's a you know a large task that needs to be accomplished and well-developed and interesting characters interacting. Oh, well, thank you. So um, that's why you were signed to help Ender Books, Brian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not, just because, not just because your mother's a great painter, <laughs> which we won't, we won't get into today. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll, that's a, we'll that's we'll a whole that different uh, show. 
Yeah, different show. Brian's also. mother is, is probably two or three shows. And uh, <laughs> she's listening right now. I'm she, sure she's chuckling. She is a character. <laughs> she definitely is a yeah. character. <laughs> um, we won't talk about your mother and how that led to you writing about demonic fantasy, but uh, <laughs> 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 my next question is about uh, – so the other books in the series, without giving too much away – I know we just came out with the Devil's Judgment, but maybe give us a sense of how they're interrelated, how they how they build on one another. Well, um, after uh, the Devil's uh, Grasp, it, it certainly had a very definitive ending. So uh, when we were talking to you, and you you had interest in the book, and you had um, interest in a trilogy, uh, Chris and I obviously loved the idea. Uh, we certainly the characters that survived. We really wanted to explore, you know, what they're going to do now after the events of the Devil's Grasp. But we just didn't want it to go um, day to day to day to day. So we, for the second book, we uh, we put it ten years uh, into the future after the events of the Devil's Grasp. So everyone had a chance to um, get back, get on with their lives. Um, you know, either lick their wounds or enjoy the spoils of rewards from the first book. And then um, The Devil's Judgment takes place 10 years after the events of Devil's Influence. And then now, ultimately, we'll get to see who's left alive. Mm. Sort of like watching uh, any of these epics on television lately. Like we just watched... uh, (laughs) Game of Thrones, and and I can tell uh, you, the Vengeful Prince Saga is nothing like Game of Thrones, but <laughs> except maybe in the way characters are knocked off. <laughs> um, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. You certainly have to, you know, you know, uh, get a get break a few eggs to make an omelet. <laughs> <laughs> now you sound like a mafia boss. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No. <laughs> Hey, you've got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. I guess you could say break a few eggs to make a pizza, but um, so <laughs> that'd be one of those uh, new fashion uh, California style pizzas. If you're putting eggs on your pizzas, hey, that's the way they do it over there. You know, I, I love a pizza with an egg on top. If you've never done that, I highly recommend it. And actually, uh, that, sounds like a, that sounds like a T-shirt. Man, we had to do a T-shirt. Like you got to break an egg to have. Yeah, I got to break a few eggs to have a pizza. Anyway, <laughs> that's, I don't think that's ever been used in a in a movie in a famous way, so it probably would flop. So probably, we'll have to make that probably. famous. We'll All right, I can do that. I'm on it. So uh, tell us uh, a little bit about some of these other things. You know, when I introduced you, I listed a whole bunch of things you're working on. You've got Fortress Publishing. Maybe give us a sense of Fortress and what, what you two do there, because I know there's a lot of comedic stuff there and some very creative things going on. Well, that's a, a, a long and boring story, so I appreciate you giving me a platform to share the long and boring story. So uh, <laughs> since Chris and I are, are men and we communicate like men, we actually knew each other for 10 years before a third party let let each other know that we were interested in in writing so mm-hmm. once we discovered that we we both wanted to be writers and um, authors we started to talk uh, found a lot of uh, similar interests we like to write about the same things so uh, we started to collaborate on a lot of different 
projects, um, everything from uh, writing comic book scripts to uh, putting out some short stories. And then, uh, believe it or not, The Devil's Grasp was the first idea we had together for a novel. So mm-hmm. as we were uh, slowly realizing that we were we were tethering ourselves to each other in a creative sense, uh, we wanted to create... Um, uh, we basically wanted to create the divorce before the marriage. So we wanted to protect our respective intellectual property rights. So uh, we decided to form a corporation and in the bylaws explain, you know, who gets what when, you know, ultimately mm-hmm. our egos get in the way and uh, we eventually separate in a very loud and public way. So uh, we <laughs> At formed a convention, corporation. probably. So uh, we formed the corporation and then we took a step back and realized, you know, we want to become uh, members of the publishing community. We want to become writers. We want to become authors. We want to work with publishers. So we figured this is an opportunity to get some hands-on education on what this community and what this industry is all about. So we used the Fortress Publishing uh, Incorporated platform to basically experiment on ourselves. So we, um, we released a graphic novel. Uh, we released a couple little chapbooks. We decided to start some magazines and then, uh, that kind of, uh, really started to build and culminate into, um, what we affectionately call the drunken comic book monkey saga during uh, one of our meetings. Yes, okay. Drunken Comic Book Monkeys is how we referred to ourselves when we were um, getting some of our articles and reviews syndicated uh, throughout the internet. Um, so we wanted a way to tie, an easy way to tie these articles to us. So in our uh, drunken stupor, we said, hey, Drunken Comic Book Monkeys is a funny way to uh, get people to remember who we are. <clears throat> so we uh, decided to take the experiment one step further and we wanted to uh, put together, assemble and publish a book. Uh, We didn't want to really bring anyone else into this experiment in case it just ends up um, crashing and burning. We didn't want to take anyone down with us. So uh, we decided to publish a collection of short stories where Chris and I actually wrote ourselves in as characters of horror stories. So uh, there's definitely uh, a lot of comedy in that. Uh, That went surprisingly well. We drug in uh, a good friend of ours named Jeff Young, uh, who is probably now hiding in shame that I mentioned his name in public. But he was (laughs) a fantastic editor and also became a character within these stories uh, in the book and then also became the antagonist for the sequel, uh, where we were characters in science fiction stories, where Jeff is actively trying to kill us, both in fiction and reality. <laughs> <laughs> where, so where's after, Jeff these days? <laughs> where's, <laughs> is, he, is he okay? <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, he is still actually helping us. <laughs> so oh, okay. um, he, he may need therapy, so if anyone wants to start a GoFundMe page to get therapy for Jeff Young, uh, there, here's an opportunity to do so. Uh, he probably needs it. <laughs> so, uh, so that's a lot of stuff. You know, 
What do you think has been your biggest success so far besides um, having a lot of fun? I would definitely have to say uh, starting to uh, publish the novels through um, other uh, publishers. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks to what we did through Fortress, you know, it did give us a lot of experience. It did give us a little behind the scenes of what uh, publishers and small press publishers have to do on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis, um, what they have to look at, especially about assembling books, what the content should be, getting covers, finding printers, finding ways to distribute them. Uh, so we, we really felt like when we, we brought our novels to different publishers, such as yourself and, and all of our other publishers, uh, we were able to talk to you <clears throat> a little bit on a different level uh, because we understood what you have to do to uh, edit the book, assemble it, get the cover, hit the publication dates, come up with good publication dates, uh, ways to um, promote the book and and how to sell it. Yeah, and you do have three striking covers on uh, the Devil's, uh, the Provincial Prince Saga trilogy. Who was your cover designer? Um, our cover, I was the, uh, uh, believe it or not, the cover ideas came from Chris and me. Uh, we just happened okay. to find a very talented artist named Koa Beam, a uh, gentleman who resides in uh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. He's a very, very talented individual, as, as evidenced by the covers. <clears throat> but he understood what we were looking for. Um, he understood... <clears throat> um, cover design theory so he knew how to create these covers make them bright and vibrant and striking while positioning the artwork so um, your uh, your team can put the titles and names without distracting from the images well they I mean each one has a hand of some form and they look like they could just reach right out of the book and grab you so they are pretty intense and I've also noticed when I've seen pictures of your your books set up at conventions, those covers really really stand out nicely. They pop, so you did a great job, and certainly you guys had a great concept as well. Oh, well, excellent! Well Thank you, I appreciate that. We, speaking uh, of convention, yeah, go ahead. Sure. You were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, you know we started with the first book where we wanted to focus on the five gems. Um, and in the book itself, the gems had to be placed in a staff in the form of a hand. So that's that's actually what's on the cover is the staff with the five gems um, coming out at you to to take your stole and um, make you a personal demon. Yeah, so the cover is showing the five gems in one place, which could have been at some point in the distant past. Maybe that's what happens. At the end. I don't know, Lawrence. But we I won't give that away. Read the book. That's right. That's right. I'm sure there's at least two or three people listening that are now punching away on Amazon or our website to get their copy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you guys are busy. Uh, I know you you run around to different conventions and and set up tables and promote yourselves. Maybe you could spend a few minutes talking about those opportunities. What are you doing today? What's in store uh, the next few weeks or months that you're planning to do? Well, uh, today I am at the FanFest uh, New Jersey show. So I'm actually calling you from the parking lot of a New Jersey establishment. Um, and I'm locked in a car 
believe it or not, not against my will. So, uh, you know, it's a good At least you're not in the trunk. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I just said, you know. <laughs> but uh, today it is, is uh, New Jersey. Is, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this show is actually launching our um, uh, another our second leg of our world tour. Uh, this leg we're calling the Judging Devil World Tour uh, to really help promote our our newest release, which of course is we mentioned the Devil's Judgment. So after this one, uh, actually, uh, my lovely fiance and I are going to go on a vacation. But after the vacation, we will be back, and we're going to head over to Confluence. It's a uh, wonderful literary show in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where we will have the official launch party of The Devil's Judgment. And then uh, we have a few more uh, conventions lined up after that to help promote the book. And uh, if anyone's interested, they can certainly find our schedule on the um, our Facebook pages, and uh, they can keep track of us at uh, www.novelguys.com. So when we say a world tour, obviously a little bit tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> well, <laughs> geographically, we're talking. Uh, how <laughs> how far-ranging are we going? <laughs> uh, New, believe it or not, New Jersey is a part of the world. So, you know, I don't think World Tour is a, a, a falsehood by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, however, our little, uh, this little section uh, will span from New Jersey to Pittsburgh um, down to Maryland and Pennsylvania. Right. So probably in the Mid-Atlantic, but I could see, I guess, once you get out of the Keystone State, then you can say it's a world tour. Just like our Absolutely. local airport in our local airport in Harrisburg, it's called the <laughs> Harrisburg International Airport, and I don't think I've ever made an international flight from there. And I think the only nation other than ours that it flies to is maybe there's a flight to Canada. It, it almost has to be, and I, and I will say <laughs> that my fiance brings that up every time that we do go and fly out of uh, Harrisburg International Airport. She she uh, makes a few comments about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got about five or six minutes here, and I, I do want to get to. I mean, I think it's great. We've got the Devil's Judgment coming out. You've got your world tour happening. <laughs> big things happening today. You know, but I know you're not resting on your laurels. I know that you, even though you have this nice vacation coming up, when you come back, or at least you're. Uh, you're working hard on something new, and I thought we might tease that a little bit if you're if you're ready to. And, oh, absolutely! Uh, I, I probably uh... should have I probably should have got a clip of a drum roll here to play, but I don't. <laughs> so, your next novel or series of novels will be what? What do you guys? Uh, it that? is called Satan's Petting Zoo. So Chris and I are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> working to fix it up and get it ready to submit to uh, this this wonderful publisher called Verboten Books. Have you ever heard of them, Lawrence? Yeah, I do. That's where we put all the stuff that uh, has to stay in the dark uh, corner of the bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> Verboten is German for forbidden, but for those of you who don't know German. So, yeah, uh, so uh, heading zoo, is, is this like a takeoff on a pet cemetery or something, or I can imagine a lot of comedic elements here. Uh, what's oh, going on definitely. with Satan's Petting Zoo? 
Uh, we've been kind of calling it a blend of Stand By Me mixed with American Werewolf in London. We have a, a, a group of uh, young individuals uh, trying to make their way through the world. Um, they they feel a little downtrodden, so they have an opportunity to to elevate their status and um, inadvertently turn themselves into lycanthropes. Ah, I see. So it's a werewolf book. Yeah. But uh, there's more than just werewolves. There's all kinds of different uh, shape-shifting human-to-animal forms. Gotcha. So my old D&D background, lycanthropes could be just about any animal you can turn into. Exactly. We we did use the the D&D definition of lycanthrope. I know there's plenty... Plenty of people out there uh, probably yelling right now saying that lycanthropes are only werewolves, but uh, according to uh, the Dungeons & Dragons lore, a lycanthrope can be any kind of uh, were-creature. Yeah, you could have a were-bear, for instance, like that was present in uh, in The Hobbit. And Correct, yes. Yep. I, I think in Dungeons & Dragons you had were-rats, if I don't if I recall. I believe, I believe seeing a few of those running around. Yeah, or, you know, maybe yeah. I've seen one just right now in a New Jersey parking lot. <laughs> We're not sure. Not sure if that's a lycanthrope. Sure. Although, you uh, know, doesn't the moon usually influence that, or is that just a myth? And can they come out in the daytime? Cause um, I'm really worried if they're out when I'm going about. Uh, without giving too much away from Satan's Petting Zoo, um, we do uh, kind of create our own um, – set of rules for the lycanthropes. Uh, we kind of steer away from uh, the more supernatural elements of the rules. So um, our, our creatures can, can change upon, uh, upon will. Uh, the moon doesn't really affect them. Um, there are some, we do have supernatural elements to it. I mean, we are talking about lycanthropes. Uh, they're just going to be a little bit different and uh, hopefully done in a unique way. So the, uh, now I'm picturing a bunch of furry people who transform at certain times, maybe against their will or maybe at will. But I, I'm really curious about the petting part. Uh, is this just sort of like a pun, or is there some <laughs> romance associated here with well, it's uh, petting lycanthropes? It's uh, well, it's just more of a of a line uh, one character used to describe uh, the group of lycanthropes uh, that she, she happens to uh, come upon uh, there. It's, it's quite a menagerie. So um, she just kind of blurts out that it looks like Satan's petting zoo in here. <laughs> okay. So this isn't something like I'm taking my granddaughter to the petting zoo at the fair and she's petting the goats and the bunnies and all that. This is, <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you're taking your granddaughter to this petting zoo, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. then then someone may need to call the authorities. <laughs> so, this series, are, this book isn't based in New Jersey, is it, or is it some uh, imaginary place? <laughs> it's uh, based vaguely in uh, the Northeast uh, United States. Um, there is okay. Uh, the the weather does um, play a little bit of a factor in the book, and we do describe uh, the area as um, being a little more industrial with a little bit of coal mining involved. So uh, it's definitely now. 
Yeah. Are, are you aware? Because we recently did a book, two books actually, on the history of Lycan Township, which is a township in Dauphin County, up north in Dauphin County, spelled L-Y-K-E-N, named after, I think it was Andrew Lycan, an early settler, but interesting name. And uh, there actually is a township called Lycan Township, and I've often thought about Oh, I wonder if this has something to do with werewolves. But I never asked the people up there because that, you know, that's a little village of grats, and they're they're really oh, good people. But uh, but if you uh, wanted to weave Lycan Township in and give it some meaning, feel free. <laughs> well, um, you know, if our if our editor finds an opportunity to slip that in there, you know, we would certainly not be go. against it. I I actually have and I've been to. I've been to Lycansboro. It's uh, it's definitely that that small town feel. Um, the Near time the coal I mines. was there. Yes, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, they they did not have a McDonald's in town. That's how small it was. There was no McDonald's. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if that's still true today. But uh, yeah, it was a it was yeah. a nice little town. Well, Brian, it's been great having you. Unfortunately, we're out of time. So thanks for joining today. Uh, Good luck. Well, thanks for inviting your me. endeavors today. We've been talking to Brian Kaczynski, half of the Fortress Publishing operation. He and Chris Brisano have written the Vengeful Prince saga. This has been the Hellbender Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Mm-hmm.